I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head, I could do my own internals, like yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears, I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator and the creatress of the Natural Birth Course an online holistic birth preparation course for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically and spiritually for birth and who wants to optimize her chances of having an empowering birth experience. If you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at www.thespiritualmidwife.net. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today we have Carlin. Carlin is a breathwork mastery practitioner and trainer, a yoni mapping therapist and a sacred sexuality facilitator and a previous doula. Her passion is in supporting people to return to their authentic resonance and optimal health. And she is the mother of one sassy little human called Bethany. And it's Bethany's birth story that took place at home that we will hear about today. Curious about Carlin? Visit her at www.sacredalchemy.com.au Hello, Carlin, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? Hi, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I feel extremely serene and relaxed <laughs> in this beautiful nature. Yeah, let's tell everyone listening where we're at. So we're actually up in the mountains in the rainforest just by this beautiful creek flowing in the midst of the forest up in the mountains of Yukai. And uh, we are hoping that the nature will not be too loud for you and that you'll hear us well and at the same time get this beautiful ambience that is surrounding us. So beautiful, Carlin. I can't wait to hear your natural birth story. I know you had a home birth. Mm. And um, you're also a doula. And you became a doula way before you got pregnant. And so you already had so much wisdom around birthing and obviously experience from other women birthing. So I can't wait for you to share your birth story, obviously, and also the wisdom that you carry both as a mama birthing and as a doula. Mm. So let's dive in. Hey, tell us about your natural home birth. Well, it was in these beautiful mountains here, just a little ways up the road. And I was, let me see here. I think I was 41 and a half weeks. So the my midwives were getting pretty keen to you know start talking about the possibilities of what might have to happen if we go any further over. 
And I was getting pretty keen to um, get things moving along as well. Mm. Um, and the signs, some of this, looking back, some of the signs for me were, <laughs> um, I, it started to be quite psychedelic. I'd have these moments where I'd just be talking to someone and all around them these sparkles and rainbows and this really <laughs> trippy visuals would start to happen. So there was obviously this some kind of DMT or chemical release without any other physical symptoms. Mm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, that's interesting. <laughs> um, I did go for a, uh, two sweeps, I think. Membrane sweeps with the midwives. right. Mm. Yep. And the second sweep on that evening, afternoon, I was feeling that day, I was, yeah, just feeling very spacey, mm. very, very spacey. And she, we checked that, that uh, Bethany was in pre, she was in kind of the right position. And the midwives weren't too worried about the kind of position she was sitting in. I was just only slightly because she was just slightly turned just a little bit towards the back, just a wee bit. Mm, okay. Um, and they said she was engaged. But um, so on the day that I had that sweep, I was starting to f getting, you know, because of the, the conversations were changing tone. I was getting a little bit eager. So I knew about the Spinning Babies website. Brilliant. Such yes. a good resource. Spinning Babies is awesome. Spinningbabies.com if anyone's curious to look that up. Mm. And so I did one of their practices. So it was about 8.30 in the evening. I leaned up my back against the wall, squatted down a little bit, and just I just lifted my tummy and I turned her turned my tummy and lay her down. I did that three times. There was a, there was a sequence that I followed mm. and within about three hours labour started. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Yeah. So we were sitting there watching something and I was starting to get really woozy, starting to have to take quite big breaths because of these sort of waves and surges. So in preparation to that, we'd done some, we'd done hypnobirthing, and I'd done some other kind of birth preparation classes and things like that. Mm. And, yeah, and then we went to bed and these, so these surges were, were coming very, very kind of light but still kind of took my breath away a little bit. I had to breathe. And I was like, ooh, what could this be? Mm. And, yeah, so that was about, what was that, 8 o'clock in the evening? Then by about midnight, they got closer together. And my husband at the time was there, my best friend who had studied um, a kind of spiritual midwifery, doula, mm. doula training. She had come to be with me as well. Mm. And when they were getting closer together, these surges... I was like, I thought I'd better wake people up. <laughs> we also had um, an experienced friend who was going to come and support us. Mm. 
and experienced as in she she had attended a lot of births and yeah mm. yeah yeah a lot of a lot of births mm. she, she was quite experienced she said she would be there with us because I knew that my the birth center that I was booked into was actually quite far away it was a 45 minute drive mm. and just with not knowing how it was going to go I thought it would be and it, it was it was although I was able to to be registered with that birth center they weren't able to come to me. It was too far out of their jurisdiction mm. to come to me. Mm. So it was great that I had this experienced friend who said she would come along. So after three hours or so of the labour just increasing and the contractions getting stronger, thought we better give her a call. <laughs> and we gave her a call. And obviously she wanted to speak to me on the phone mm. and see how I was feeling and hear the sound of my voice and... I had one of the surges, the contractions, while I was on the phone. and But it was very early. It was very, very early. It just started. You know, I hadn't had mm. anything up until that point, apart from the trippy, yeah. colourful, psychedelic And you only had had a, visions. a few hours of kind of light yeah. surges coming through. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I, was, I, I personally said, mm, I think I just want to let you know, but mm. it's probably started, but from my experience as yeah, well. as a doula. Yeah, yeah and seeing births, I, I thought, okay, this is a start. It could be one or two days of labour. Mm. So this could, I could be like this for eight hours. Mm. So um, I said, we'll let you know if we think you need to come. She was an hour away. Yeah. But within 30 minutes, both my husband and my friend were like, I really think she needs to be here. And I was starting to, they were getting much, much stronger and I was doing different move, like I was really starting to move differently, <laughs> breathe differently, and they were getting much, 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 much stronger. So I said, yeah, get her here. And, and how were you coping during this time? What helped you with these stronger contractions? Having a lot of experience with the breath. Because mm, you're a breath worker as well. A breath worker as well. I had been for a really long time by then as well, so I really knew how to work with the breath. Mm. And I knew how I knew that going into altered states with the breath, so that started to happen a little bit as well. Mm. Um, and because I had seen birth so many times, I I knew that the the intensity I was feeling wasn't anything unusual. Mm. Yeah, you trusted it. You could be with it. Totally trusted it. And another thing that came to me as the surges got stronger and stronger and stronger and my sounds become stronger, I'd started, I started to make these sounds that I'd never heard come out of me before and the, the way my body moved as well. In those times, uh, I felt this connection to the divine feminine and, and all of the women who had birthed before me, this sound was like, we've got you. Mm. So, you know, this guttural roar and then and this deep sense of connection. So, and just, you know, being very in touch and in tune with my body. And I really think that, you know, seeing there and travelling, see, seeing women birth and travelling with women through their journey made a very, really big difference. I wasn't scared mm. um the 
and the breath is what helped me get through the kind of intensity. And the breath and the sound mm. helped me get through the intensity of the sensations, mm. which were undoubtedly painful. Mm. I know in some schools of um, birth prep, they, they, they try not to use those words, but there was no other word for it really, you know, mm. and I think you can have a positive relationship with pain because mm. you know it's doing something. Yeah, the productive, natural a pain that is not sick, mm. it's healthy. It's mm. showing you that your body's working. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that kept going. I mean, the sounds were getting more intense. The feelings were getting more intense. She was definitely moving down the birth canal. And, and I, but, you know, the gift of that time is that, you know, in hindsight, I don't really remember it, that, what the sensations were, but I know that it was very strong. Mm. And it was that, you know, there was the painful and there was the gaps in between and, you know, and the needing and resting in between and breathing, lots and lots and lots of conscious breathing to get me through. And my beautiful support people too. So the intention was also to have a, um, a water birth but mm. unfortunately we it just happened it it happened really quickly mm. so there wasn't enough time to fill the pool we lived out in the bush it was winter time we could there was no hot water mm. so that was out the window so just to clarify you were booked in with the with the birth center and you knew they were there if you needed them however you ended up choosing to free birth is that correct yeah 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 mm. um Mostly a choice because it all happened so quickly and the, the intensity of the surges, I was like, I cannot be in a moving vehicle for 45 minutes, Yeah, especially over these hills and stuff. I was like, mm. I can't. I just need to be here. Mm. Um, and in saying that, you're obviously so well educated, so well informed. You've seen so many births yourself. Mm. And so you're educated enough to actually make that decision, not from just the desire to be at home, but actually knowledge Mm. empowered from that knowledge to make that decision yeah and I felt very trusting and very safe with the people that I was with mm. and so the whole the whole birth was only five and a half hours or something five to five and a half hours right so by the time our friend arrived um there was only it was only about an hour she was only there for an hour when Bethany was born and mm. she she checked me. She, she did an internal vaginal examination. She did, did she? Yeah. yes. And I remember thinking, this is so intense. That number is low. Mm. Oh, my God. But it was eight. <laughs> You're eight centimeters, right? Eight centimeters yeah. after four hours. Four hours from the kind of first niggle or first strong contraction. Mm. Was that from eight o'clock? No, so it must have been from from eight o'clock, maybe maybe nine. The first gentle, like mm. yeah, nine, and then she came. It she was born at quarter past three in the morning. Right. Mm. Yeah. And so yeah, and so within an hour, she she arrived. Um, but it did get it, it. It got more intense, obviously, and. I ended up on all fours and an another an unusual thing that happened 
which I've never heard of before, and I'd love to do a little bit more investigation around it, is that Bethany engaged in the correct position, but when she came out through that very, very fast birth, she turned around and came out as a stargazer. So a posterior baby um, is something that we see more and more in, in women nowadays, especially because of our society. We lean back a lot. We slouch on the couch and we drive our car and everything like this kind of encourages a posterior baby. And posterior babies are actually really tricky to get out, especially first-time mamas, right? So you did an amazing job having birthed a posterior baby in um, as a first-time mama. Well, the thing is, I have to give a lot of credit to my body wisdom mm. and to Bethany mm. as a conscious being coming through because I really felt that both of those intelligences knew what to do to get her out safely. That's mm. what I felt. Mm. Um, and, you know, I had had a check that day, so she was in the right position. So she turned while she was while we were laboring, mm. which is crazy. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. But she came out safely and Daddy caught her. What, which was what kind beautiful. of position were you in birthing? Hands her? and knees, mm. yep. And I do remember the moment that she exited my body. Um, that was, that was, you know, it was excruciatingly painful. And I remember in that moment, I just, <laughs> I thought to myself, I don't need to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I am so privileged and grateful to be a mama. I don't need to do that again. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, that was, I mean, it was very intense and it's, you know, it's the most intense thing I think, um, a woman will, will experience. Do you want a natural birth, mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the natural birth course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com.
Okay, so yeah, yeah, a few other little um, interesting things. So Bethany was fine, and we gave a long time for the cord to stop pulsing, and I the the but the placenta wouldn't come away. The placenta wouldn't wouldn't happen. So we tried everything. We tried giving it a little pull. We tried cutting some of the cord and chewing on it. Apparently, if you do that, it can activate some more contractions, but no more contractions wanted to come. Nothing wanted to happen. Mm. So I went and had a soak in the bath and um, while Bethany was with Daddy and she'd already had a feed, she was she was fine, she was great. She was mm. in good good health. Mm. Everything was great. She'd, yeah, she had breastfed straight away. Um, and I went and had a soak in the bath and very unusually, again, we, we rested for a long time. We had a snooze. So after, it was about, must have been about five o'clock in the morning and the placenta still hadn't come away. So we had a snooze and then we were like, okay, we're going to have to go to the hospital. Yeah. It's got to come away, you know. Mm. And you weren't bleeding. There was no problem. Yeah. I wasn't woozy. No. Anything. Feeling fine. Feeling fine. So we had to go to the local big hospital and they were like, what? <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. How long, how long have you been sitting? How long has the placenta been sitting? Mm. Oh, my God. Because, you know, there's a standard of about an hour. An hour, yep. Yep. And, and so it had been how long? Um, about four or four five. Hours. Yeah. Four or five. So, yeah, so they got me in. They, uh, they gave me a choice. I could have syntocinin and start the contractions again or I could go straight into theatre and have it um, manually removed. And, um, and, but they said that potentially the syntocinin wouldn't work, so you might have to go mm. anywhere. I was like, just get it out. Yeah. So I went straight into theatre so, mm. and I had to be knocked out. Mm. Um, and I had had a graze. They call it a graze. So they stitched the graze and took out the placenta and I kept the placenta, which was great. They did that. Mm. And they didn't have to – it was just sitting in there. So it wasn't attached. They were just able to yeah. take it out. Easy. Easy, yeah. And um, I guess I can add to that mm. is, you know, if you had had – a midwife present with a bit of syntocinin, you could have probably had that maybe after an hour and then just it would probably just have you know slithered out. There is a guideline saying not to wait longer than an hour with physiological third stage, it's because the cervix actually closes. So if you don't by then, you can. I mean, it's not it's not like every woman is the same, and some women can have you know two hours or whatever, and it's all normal. But um, for most, the, the cervix closes and then the placenta gets stuck. Right. And so what the syntocinin does is that it, you know, it helps contract the uterus if it hasn't naturally wanting to do that itself um, before that happens. So what happens probably and why they said probably better just to go is because your cervix probably is already closed and you mm. need the, yeah. So that, that's the window. That is why there is that mm. policy and guideline yep. um, saying that, you know, that is for most women. Some women can go longer. Some women can't go that long either you know it's because all bodies are going to be different totally um so yeah so she did have her cord around her neck as well but that got that was not a 
Not a big deal. I just slipped it over her head. Yeah, it's not unusual. And, no. and very, 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 very rarely is it a problem. problem. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I feel very blessed to for, for my first labour and birth to, to have been so quick and uncomplicated and... Um, so extremely beautiful, you know, and be able to be in such a beautiful place and um, mm. have that support. Yeah, so it was it was an amazing experience. Yeah. What would you say made it an empowering and positive experience for you? Knowing that I had the right to choose how I wanted to birth and that no one could make me do anything that I didn't want to do. And I knew that to my core. Mm. And I had supported other women, um, not just with home births, at hospital births as well, mm. um, to, to educate themselves around what's going to happen to their body and what the process is going to be like and then all the different things that can happen around birth and the choices that they have. So knowing that I had choice and also I'm not, I'm not someone who's like anti-establishment and anti-hospital and anti-midwife. So if the, if it was something that didn't go straight forward, I was quite happy to to go to hospital or to to do something else to to make sure that um you know, if I felt out of my depth or unsure hmm. that it was all going to be okay. So that's, you know, not being anti anything, like mm. knowing that anything can happen and being open to 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 what might need to happen, you know? That was mm. that was a big thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really wise. It's a very wise way of being. Obviously, you know, being so well educated as you are and having all the knowledge that you have, that you can make informed decisions around your choices, whatever they might be. Mm. And I think it's really important for for women to do that um i mean obviously you don't need to go and do a doula training but to watch positive birthing um footage mm. and to do some research and as much research as you can do about the changes that are happening in your body and what is going to happen to your body because i feel like that is often something that women kind of think, my body knows what to do, and it does, but at the same time, it's good if you're engaged with that process. It'll and, make you be able to relax and trust yeah. your body because you know, oh, I'm probably in the first stage now or you know, I'm getting into more active, established labor now and, yeah. and to kind of understand the processes and how you can optimize them, how you, you, know, how you can move with them, what might happen, the different, you know, what is transition like? I mean, yeah. obviously, it's not the same for every woman. It's good to know what can happen so you're prepared. If you start vomiting, for example, you might know, oh, shit, I'm, I'm probably in transition right now, you know, and this is a sign if it's, you know, if you're in established labor or, mm. oh, I really need to poo right now. Oh, that could be a sign that I'm actually close to birthing my baby. Mm. All these things help, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So being as, as educated and getting as much information as you can, I think it's hugely important. Mm. Yeah. Not being against anything. My very first doula experience was with um, a, a new mum, a young mum, a friend of mine, and both of us at the time were a little bit, we were quite quite in our new age kind of ideals and quite 
both of us were quite like anti-hospital. We don't need mm. to do this. We know what to do. The body knows what to do, blah, 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 blah. And it was in a, such a great eye-opener and a really humbling experience because we did end up in hospital and she did end up having to have a cesarean and it was a very long mm. and confusing and painful and difficult experience. And they were fine, obviously, but, you know, we it was really, really important to just lay down those kind of barriers of like, yeah. no, because... Western medicine has its, has its place and with maternity care as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, thank goodness for, um, for obstetricians, for medications, for yeah. drugs, for all these amazing, yeah. you know, opportunities we have in this country and in, you know, most countries mm. um, around the world where women can get that help because some will need that. Yeah. And, you know, to truly... You know, if your desire is to have a natural birth, then truly you know, educate yourself and prepare yourself in all shapes and forms, but also be aware of other alternatives that can happen. Yeah. And, you know, we can't plan birth. We can't plan the outcome. Uh, the best we can do is to know if something happens, what, what do we want to do? And to maybe have that discussion with our care provider, whoever that is, whether that mm -hmm. is a midwife or a doctor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is your practice if something like this happens and we you know talk about the different scenarios yeah so that you're well informed and you can then relax and go okay i'm gonna do my best to have this natural birth but if this happens i've chosen this kind of route yeah, yeah. i mean there's doctors out there that will do cesareans with uh with low lighting and do even lotus births you know in this area we have beautiful doctors wanting you know to provide that really woman-centered care and you mm. can make sure that that you are in an area that does that or choose a hospital like that like that or a provider like that yeah yeah and you can only do that if you do your research exactly yeah i think just handing handing yourself and your body over to um the system is and thinking oh that's what they're there for mm. on the flip side of that that's what they're there for they know what they're doing they do know what they're doing but they don't they can't possibly it's not it's not it's almost not fair to expect them to know mm. every single thing that's going to happen in every individual woman in every individual body it's no. not possible yeah you know so that's where disempowerment i think can happen um as well and yeah just yeah it's such a f it's one of the biggest things that we will ever do in our lives so you know if we think about you know when we want to educate ourselves in another way when we go for when we go through university or we learn we learn something new we don't just go oh well I'm just going to skim over that and, and then get my marks it doesn't mm. happen like that mm. we have to study we have to prepare mm. we have to you know really get to into the information and the nuances of the information and the experience and it's the same with birth it it has to be I mean this is our body it's our baby it's our future mm. and yeah I think it's it's good to kind of take that approach that it's really important to educate ourselves on that Mm. Mm. yeah absolutely so beautiful Carlin if you had a first time mama sitting in front of you right now who wants to optimize her chances of having a natural and empowering birth experience what pearls of wisdom or advice would you give to her obviously more so than doing her own research and educating herself what else could you gift her as pearls of wisdom Ooh, um, creating sp space around her experience 
and um, so the closer that she gets to to birthing, you know, making space for herself mm. and her partner to mm. be able to drop into the experience. Mm. So not preferably, unless you have to, if, if it's possible, not work up to mm. the very last second. Like mm. take some time so you can, um, because there's those different kind of, kind of layers of um, – spaciousness that that happen when when the chemicals and the hormones mm. are starting to drop so create some space mm. get a really good support network for for the birth but also for afterwards so i think um, another area that's really important is the postnatal period mm. so um, be very well prepared and even organized for that postnatal period I think there's so much focus on the birth that we forget that once the baby's here, it's like, oh, whoa, like everything is different and you're so tired and you're in recovery for a while and you really need that support of your sisterhood, your family, your partner, people cooking meals for you, keep people checking up on you, things like that mm -hmm. so that you don't have to do anything except mother. Yes, agreed. Yeah. So I think there's, lots, there's more coming out now about the postpartum period, which is great. Um, yeah, there's more services being offered. There's postpartum doulas. Yeah. There is uh, food services. Mm. And yeah, there's lots of different offerings depending on where you live in the world, obviously, and so on. But yeah, they're there and you can search for that. You can, you know, try to find something in your local area that can assist you if you can't have your sisters or your family there. Mm. Yeah, and I think another thing is really important is the is your your birthing person whether it's midwife or well it's good most for most people it's it is a midwife so well it depends where you are actually yeah it does it? yeah it does mm. yeah um, but if it's a first-time mama i personally would recommend that they have a midwife and a doula and a birth partner that's mm. what i would recommend so mm. they feel s fully supported and everyone takes turns at you know doing different things throughout the labor yeah i mean obviously the midwife does the clinical stuff but you know mm. comfort and tea and, mm. you know, championing and all that sort of stuff is there something else you'd like to share um from your wisdom as doula and as a obviously as a birthing mother i feel such it's such a privilege and I feel a lot of reverence to have, been, to have the opportunity to be a mother because not everyone who wants to be a mother is able to be a mother and mm. I think although I see it as an everyday miracle and I think it deserves a lot of reverence. I think birthing and mothering and parenting should be a, 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 a period of time that is given a, that is seen as sacred and given a lot of reverence to mm. rather than oh just you know that's what humans do we make babies you know it's, you do this and you do that and there you go more humans great <laughs> i think really having some reverence around around it is incredible and it makes such a difference and i would also encourage 
um, finding, you know, the conscious conception and conscious birth. I think that is a really beautiful way to invite new souls onto the planet. I think it makes a big difference when, when a spirit, if you believe in this kind of thing, not everyone does, when you invite that into to consciousness and spirit to take human form, yeah. then there is a totally different relationship with that being that comes through, you know, and there's, I've seen with people that I know who have done conscious conception and have invited the spirit in, there is like a calmness mm. and a groundedness and a centeredness to their children. Like they want to be here. Mm. They've either been here before or they, they, they want to be here. They're here. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would, encourage people to explore that as well hmm. yeah and be healthy <laughs> look after yourself give up your vices for a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well that's a part of the conscious conception isn't it and conscious you know pregnancy of, of, you know being aware of that everything you put in your body or everything you're feeling or everything you're doing all is affecting the unborn baby mm. Thank you so much, Carlin, for being on the Natural Birth Podcast and for sharing your story and your wisdom. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it. Grade it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as the underscore spiritual underscore midwife. Thank you for listening.